Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon, the authority on all things fanfiction, fandom, and writing. I'm your host, Sergio, just Sergio today. Um, as uh, Kai, Jacob, and Matt, and Michael are at work slash a birthday dinner slash Michael. Michael is never coming back. I'm sorry. It's just it's just not going to happen. You're never going to see Michael ever again. But don't worry, because I have some replacements, too, actually. Would you care to introduce yourselves? I'm just going to go first, then. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's... Uh, hi, I'm Fly Purgatorial on the wiki, or just Fly... Um, and I have this accent because I'm a filthy European. And it's also why I forced everyone else to record like around afternoon because uh, I didn't want to uh, be in the middle of the night and all that. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm Scaly Kitty. I'm American. I'm normal. Fuck um, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a writer. I'm a recent grad. I have a degree, so, you know. What if? I also have a degree. You well, bastard. you know, but a history degree. So very qualified to talk about fandom writing. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up if anyone has any questions about the implications of anything. <laughs> uh, I have a degree in talking about the implications of things. <laughs> Oh, I can. Here's the thing: I have a background in linguistics and literature and English specifically, so I'm actually, I actually have things to say about stuff. It's <laughs> if there's anything that Fly has, it's things to say about stuff. Yes, be prepared. <laughs> there will be no quiet moments. This is the the podcast of random tangents and whatnot. I am very good at those. Uh, actually, I think this, yeah, this is, this is probably the only episode that we've done where everyone on the podcast has a degree. Really? We're yeah. so overqualified. Yes. So... Out, of, out of the main hosts, Jacob and Michael don't have degrees, but the rest of us do. Okay, so this is just going to be a very elitist episode. Yeah, this is it a very is. elitist episode. Peer-reviewed episode. Exactly. That's what I'm calling this one. Yeah, sorry guys, we're going to make high art right now. That's uh, all I yeah. make. And SCP if you're movie. curious, uh, my degree is in biology. Um, the, the audience knows that, and Fly knows that, but I don't think I've told you, <laughs> Scaly, what my degree is in. I had no idea. No, my degree is in history and Spanish with a minor in creative writing, focused on comedy writing. Um. And that part is actually somewhat useful for what we're going to talk about, but the history in Spanish a little bit less so. Especially because you have knowledge about European history, but you don't know anything about the country where we write about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. I know like, a whole lot about not the Netherlands. Yes, exactly. Like uh, every once in a while, something comes up and like, well, wait, did you have a Spanish king? And it like, yeah, like for five minutes and then we did stuff. And that's that's about the, the knowledge you had that didn't come from me. 
Yeah, Philip the Fifth. Philip. Yeah, Philip the Sixth. Philip the Fifth. Yeah, we oust yeah. him, and then the French Revolution happened, and then the Dutch were like, you know what would be cool? Have a king. So we well, never had a king of our own, and then after everyone else killed their royalty, we just like, yeah, let's try that. That's cool. So that's how why we're still a kingdom. Philip wasn't even Spanish; he was Austrian. But I sorry, go ahead. Somebody, I, was, I was just gonna say we had a king once, and it was kind of cringe. If I'm Where being honest, like what? Oh, I'm, right, I'm, the the English king. Yes, oh, uh, yes. fucking George. <laughs> yeah, George I saw I I saw something. the documentary Hamilton, and I thought, <laughs> hey, nice. you know what? Um, I'm not sure if I would try trust that guy to lead a country. So I think you made the right decision, but then again. That's why I we shot him. Politicians. <laughs> I will go on a fifty-minute tirade about Hamilton the musical if we're not careful. <laughs> I will. I literally wrote a fifteen-page paper about how awful that musical is. From a historical how... perspective, yes. From a writing technique perspective, it is doing some good stuff. Lin sure, Manuel yeah. Miranda is a plague on this earth. He's like the Lin Manuel Miranda work. is not safe as long as I'm on this planet. <laughs> if Lin like, if he has a thousand enemies, I am one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that the, we come here on the podcast and the first thing Scaly does is threatening Lin Manuel Miranda. It's not a threat. I'm just telling him what it's like. I'm just letting him know <laughs> where we stand. I'm not going to do anything. I just want him to know I don't like him. I don't think that holds up in court. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> now that King George III was the, the king that, the, that America rebelled against during the revolution. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> history. I don't know that much about it. I would say that's crazy that you don't know much about the American Revolution, but you also don't live here. Yeah, I... Well, here's the thing. I know more about your history and your culture, your politicians, than you know about mine. So let's not throw shade there, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So I think that uh, we should uh, get more into the, the reason why I've assembled you all to here today. Um, both both Scaly and Fly are part of the SDP crit staff, and I don't envy your jobs. Um, because I, I also get, uh, pestered for crit and I, and I hate it. I want people to leave me alone. <laughs> you get pestered by, for, by crit by us. <laughs> like, we're the ones that do that. Yeah, yes. but you're, but, yeah, but you're not like, hello, person who isn't official crit staff. Uh, yeah. Could you crit my, uh, idea? I have another murder monster I'd like to pitch to you. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I personally don't even do idea crit much anymore. Um, I hate I hate idea crit. I can't do it. I I refuse. I'm just not good at it. I like. I, I'm not good at it either. I actually just we just um, talked about this. I actually like doing idea crit because it's just an excuse for me to talk about writing technique, and that's like a special interest of mine. I I I love talking about how writing works and how storytelling works and idea crit is the place to do it because if you do it to someone who has a draft it it's just tearing apart someone's draft which i only do for you sergio 
Like I like I guess like 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 I'm fine with like spitballing ideas against someone when I'm in the brainstorming process, but like I don't like I don't want to do it in the like the the like the the wiki sort of sense, um, especially in the forums. Trying to keep up with stuff in the forums is a hassle, especially if you don't have the notification um, plugin for WikiDoc. Yeah. I I mean to be real. I don't think I've looked at the SCP website in like a month, maybe like just between all the stuff with like the discord opening and some crit stuff there. Like I have not used the actual forms in a month or two, maybe. I don't come on the forums a lot. I don't visit a lot because it's it. I don't feel like comfortable doing crit at on the forums I tried it a couple of times and I was like, nope, this isn't for me. I'm going back to Discord. <laughs> that's that's way more my vibe. Yeah, and that's completely fair. I think that Discord is definitely the better space for interacting on the like with with people more directly than the than like the, the forums are. I, I like having a conversation with someone and kind of going like they go into an idea and they're like, yeah, I have this this really interesting concept I want to work with. And then I just go and go like, well, but have you thought about this or have you thought about that? And then you kind of see their ideas change and and them starting to think about the way they can approach it and like see them develop characters or see them develop a storyline that just kind of goes in a different direction and that's just really fun to see. So I really do enjoy seeing that kind of happen, you know? So how did you guys get uh, get started with SCP? Um, I'm going to out myself as being very old <laughs> for SCP standards. I read my first SCP about 10 years ago when I was in university. Um, and uh, I think it was about around the time that Containment Breach got um, released and there were a lot of memes coming from Containment Breach. So I kind of was like, well, what's this weird thing? And then I found SCP and I started reading some series one and well for a couple of years i kind of drifted in and out of it and i do remember really loving class of 76 it's still one of my favorite canons as you might learn soon um i remember reading a lot of little mr stuff uh which i can't really remember much about and i think around the beginning of um covid i kind of got back into it for real and like this year i was like yeah, you know what? I might just start writing as well for the wiki. And then I did that. So that's how I got here. Uh, mine's a little bit less involved. Uh, right around Christmas of like last year. So like seven months ago, six months ago. I, I had read some stories before. I'd read some articles. Never that seriously. Uh, around Christmas, I was in a really serious writer's block phase uh, between like my job and some of the other like more, I don't know how to put it, like more traditional writing spaces, like lit review journals, things like that. I just wasn't really feeling that as much. So I 
made a wiki.account, started trying to write, ended up writing a tale. And since then, I've just sort of been critiquing because, I mean, my job during undergrad, I was a staff writer and editor. So it was really fun to like take those skills and just apply it to something that was a little bit more creative and a little bit more fun. Uh, and then from that, you know, just being active with crit, trying to be a participant in the community ended up being uh, in a staff position. And I've really had a, a great time in the community thus far. I think, honestly, the, the whole creating community around SCP is what drew, drew me to it. Um, I was just really impressed with how rigorous it is and how much people want to participate in that. And actually, Sergio, you and I met because you were asking for crit on a Chuckwater uh, um, SCP, I remember. And I was like, oh, I'll just try whether or not I like doing crit here. And I started creating it and I like I really love Chuck Walter by the way. It's you know that. But uh re, uh yeah. Uh really scratches a very specific itch I have. I, I, I like it a lot. Um it's really charming. Um like that was Horton's Corner, I believe. That that's how Yes, that was Horton's Corner, yes. And actually my first piece for the wiki was you uh gave me a draft and I was like well there are part of these scenes that are not really working I was critting so much at some point I was like is it okay if I just write this scene because I really like this character can I can I just write it instead um, following your outline of course but can I can I do can I please and then you're like yeah sure and that's how I got my first published article <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's how that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, we wouldn't have met if I didn't, was looking for writing help in Thank Me from Site 19. Not the best place to be getting writing help, but I post in there just like, because, you know, well, why not get some more eyes on, on something? I think my first interaction with you was maybe creating. Oh, what's the gas station one? Where that a... was that was Horton's Corner. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it was. I think that was our first interaction. Oh wow! So like Horton Horton's Corner brought all of us in contact. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it. That's interesting. I I was trying to get like I was trying to like widen my crit circle because I I used to be in the IRC and I kind of left for personal reasons, but um, I was trying to find some new people to like start sending my drafts over to and i think fly recommended me to you i think i think they recommended me to scaly and you scaly uh and aster's quill so i sent it to both of you and i know aster's really enjoys horton's corner yeah i uh, i also uh love aster uh, they're just really great at, at critting and uh we're currently also collabing and that's uh, they're just a really a joy to, to work with. But yeah, it was kind of also, it has a kind of a fun um, um, satirical tone. Like, so that's why I thought like, well, you, you should check out Scaly because they're really good with comedy. And that's the only compliment I give Scaly at every, any point <laughs> in, in, in our entire interaction is your comedy is good. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a very healthy relationship. <laughs> well, I mean, if it may, like, it balances out because I don't give Fly any compliments at all. Exactly. Not, not an inch. Not, no. not even one inch of anything. 
No, most of the time when we're talking, it's just me saying, well, at least you're funny. And you say, well, you don't. Well, <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, 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 a, it's a yin and a yang. There's a balance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually kind of funny when we um we were talking about it a while ago about how our writing styles are so different but they kind of really work together really nicely. Like they kind of bounce off each other because I consider myself mostly a character writer and I write really big themes and I often write them quite seriously. Are you a comedy writer? So you kind of alleviate it a little bit, but you also make sure that the beats kind of follow each other in a story like like just um yeah, yeah I, making me focus it a bit more <laughs> yeah i think that um from an approach like focusing so much for so long on uh sketch comedy and like i mean even satire and things like making sure that there's a clear progression and a clear setup and punchline I think that's a, a, a writing technique that you can apply to more than just comedy, more than just satire. Making sure that if you're trying to make something funny, you make sure you have a premise that allows you to be funny and you have a point where something is actually funny. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about something like cultural exchange or anything where you're looking to elicit some kind of like, if I'm looking to explore a midlife crisis, I need to have a premise, a setup that allows me to explore that and then the actual exploration. So coming into things with that framework, I think it does hold you accountable and it makes sure that you're earning the payoff instead of just like writing an essay about what it's like to be in a midlife crisis. You've, you've set something up, you know? Exactly. And it actually is also kind of funny because um, we talked about this. I often just, when I start drafting something and we find we'll figure it out all out, even when I... I'm outlining, I will just write a scene. I'm a, quite a fast writer, so I'll just, I don't care if some, I write something and I it gets deleted, but I need a jumping off point. And often it's like either the beginning or the very end where I can build towards. But I write like a big moment that I kind of feel captures the vibe of the story I want to tell. So I think you made the, um, made the suggestion that I start with the punchline and then start building towards it. Yeah, the the way you write is essentially right, like writing the punchline first, and then trying to figure out like how how is this even going to be funny? Like yeah. how do I get here to make this funny? And that's like just the exact opposite of what I want to do as a writer. <laughs> uh, so it's it is really funny. Like you know, you'll message me and be like, "Hey, can you take take a look at this outline?" And there's just a scene, but it's like the middle scene. <laughs> And yes. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't like this. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. But there's still like, I still note it. Uh, I still write down what else happens. It's just like, I also want you to get the feeling of the piece. Does that also work? And yeah. And then I get an outline from you. It's like three sentences. <laughs> well, it's the beginning, middle and end. Like a guy walks into a bar and like, nothing <laughs> Yeah, but who's the guy? <laughs> like, he's I, just I, a guy. He's just the guy that's walking in, man. He's just. Yeah, but like, can you tell me a little bit about his background and what are his? Um, why what is makes he, him Why special? is he walking into a bar? Like, yes. <laughs> like I'm doing the idea crit for you with like 
three sentences you throw in my face and I'm like, yeah. I I um I mean a while ago we were like kind of talking about that. I had this scene in my head for our characters and I was like, yeah, and I kind of figured out like this character would do do this and this character would do that. And like I think it was about gifts. Like I was like oh, it was about gifts, yeah. Yeah, it was like, well this character would give this kind of gift. Like they would and this one would kind of like like this, and it says this and this about them. And you were like, I asked you what Jacob would say, and you would kind of like, um, yeah, he he would kind of go like have a pedal that like has a ball on it, and just you can mash a bit. And I asked why, and you say, I think it's funny. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Well, like, so the, the premise is like, what Christmas gift would these characters get each other? Yes. And the answer is a paddle ball. Like one of those, like, you know what I'm talking about, Sergio? Like where you have like the, it's a ball on a string and a paddle. Yeah. Like that's the gift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, and the character moment's just that it's funny. Like it's just in service of the, of the joke from one character to another. And I also figured Europeans might not have those. We do. Um, like we're not a backwater. We do uh, have those things. Well... You well, say that. You. you say that. Yeah, we are such a backward. We have like universal healthcare and stuff. How's your AC working? Like, Fuck AC you. Working? How's your AC in your house? That, that's a low blow. That's <laughs> that's just mean. Uh, My AC is not working, and it's really yep, hot. That's what I thought. That's Fuck what you. I thought. I can tell. <laughs> uh, oh. I hate you. Um, so yeah, but like then I was like, yeah, I can, I can actually work with that. I can figure out a way, like why it makes sense and how it can become a character moment between these two. Because the guy uh, he's giving it to is a very nervous man, so it would make so much sense that he has like this thing that he can just mash it with, you know. So it, it works because you pitch something to me that you think is just funny, and I'm like. I can turn it, this into a character beat. That's great. And that that's just really really a fun exchange to have. Um so yeah, that that's uh I I would have to say like we were talking about like cuz we're talking about comedy writing. I I can't really say like cuz obviously like I'm I write a lot of comedy for the for the wiki i obviously i do as part of the podcast and the panels that i do and especially on the wiki i find like in in terms of like writing humor like i would say that like my my main thing in like dialogue is like it's not necessarily like like sometimes i'll have like an overall punchline in line but it just kind of comes like naturally like while like i'm writing for like like in the Horton's Corner article, uh, mozzarella sticks is a big joke. Um, cause Chudley starts off by asking Maria if they have mozzarella sticks at Horton's and they kind of go on about that. Um, and this article really is like, uh, cause for the audience who doesn't know, 7970 is Horton's Corner. The only gas station and grocery store in Chugwater is based on a real place that was destroyed um and they no longer have a gas station and a grocery store and that's really funny to me so i wanted to turn that into an article and the whole article is basically just chudley and maria like riffing on each other um and those two characters come really naturally to me because obviously researcher greg chudley is just my co-host uh jake and 
it's pretty one-to-one like you might you might read my articles and see something that Gre- greg chudley says and go oh he's being exaggerated and then it's like no this he if you've ever met jake he's just like that in person and a lot of like maria and greg's like bickering back and forth is just kind of based on like our relationship so that kind of thing just like comes naturally to me and i can just like like oh what would jake say in this situation and then i would just write it and then it i don't know it just comes out funny i guess i do like the fact that you had like i got a a draft from you and it had uh shortly just randomly started to say yar at everything and it was just really funny and charming especially at some point um he also went nar to say no it's just it was a really charming interaction so i i pointed that out and then you said yeah that's something jake does yeah it was um yeah uh it was the first chapter of lost souls broken toys maria maria notes that chudley uh has just started saying yar and nar instead of yes and no and that is something that uh, Jake did while we were at OhioCon, where he just started saying it, and we just kind of like picked up on it. Um, <laughs> and, like you, that, actually, and like that, actually, like that's that's funny. A, yeah, but you also built it in a really sweet character moment because at some point uh, Marie doesn't want to say something and she goes nar, and it's like like I I I like having that that comedy just turn into a a character uh, beat, and that that's that's why I liked it so much. It was funny on its own, but it also built something yeah i i i i think at at the heart of it it's just like comedy is all about early or at least like in terms of the wiki like i said it's very good you, you kind of have to go like it, unless you're doing a dash j which dash j's aren't funny um mm. hot take <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh the hottest it, for, for firstly it's about take like like the anomaly always has to be played like like if it's a funny anomaly it has to be played straight the whole time uh like in the documentation and then the dialogue is really where you can just like um like uh like like go ham on it and that is mostly just like i don't know like like it's very hard to describe like if somebody like 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 it's very hard to go like how are you funny how do i be funny and i'm just like I am fun. like, like you get what I mean. <laughs> well, so the 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 thing that I would say about that is that the reason that the format itself lends itself to comedy, whereas a dash J doesn't, is that in my opinion, which is objectively correct all the time, I know them wrong. <laughs> yeah, that that's um, part of our interactions. Also, <laughs> comedy is funny and unexpected. Yeah. So if you, it's it's a uh, quick and unexpected. Yeah. If you see something coming and it stays for too long, it's never going to be funny, right? Yeah. If you see the punchline coming from a mile away and it takes a full minute to read the punchline, you're not going to get anybody. Yeah. But if it's one of those things that, again, Malik noted that he started saying yar and nar, it's one sentence and it's it's out of it's unexpected and it makes sense for the character, and it's it's cute, right? That's why it's funny is that it's it doesn't take too long and it's it's a little delightful, right? Versus like a dash J when you set out to try to be funny, really hard to write a thousand funny words in a row. Um, that's that's my philosophy is like. And you know what the fun thing about that is? Like 
uh, you've uh, uh, wrote Rolf Walderson and then you are being funny for a thousand words in a row. So you kind I'm of... Different. <laughs> I'm different. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, th that's what your mom used to say as well, right? That's what the doctor told my mom. <laughs> ah, uh, right. She thinks I'm a very handsome young man. <laughs> right, right. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, and if you look, though, if you look even at, at my, my writing, uh, the joke economy is quick. So every paragraph will have three or four jokes in five sentences roughly right like that that sort of ratio so you're not lingering on anything for too long you can't let the audience know you think you're funny and if you spend way too long on a line it reads like oh he was really proud of this one he was really proud of this one uh, and that that can take people out of it and that is why you had to cut the funniest line from the cultural exchange program because you <laughs> yeah. were so convinced that it was funny oh that that line I I wish this made it into uh, 2704, The Lonely Star, but Aster's made me remove it. Um, there, there is a line at the end. Oh, let, me see, let me see if it's still in there. Um, it isn't, where, because uh, yeah, I yeah. wasn't confident at the time to say it to you, because I wasn't published and you were, but I would have told you the same. Yeah, so so at the end at the end of the article, uh Chudley and Johnston have finally like they finally like get their site director after like the like going through her files and seeing this anomaly that she worked on. And Chudley goes, I think I'm going to clean up my act. And then Johnson goes, So you'll stop resetting her reports littered with uh internet slang. And Chudley was supposed to respond, um, but those reports were busted for real. No cap. For real, for real. And I thought that was hilarious. And I would have loved to put that into an article. But Astor said they cringed too hard. Which is kind of the point. He was, supposed to, so being, he was supposed to be cringe. Yes, but also, I hate it. <laughs> I would, I would, I'd vote for including that. A... Yes, but I see what you've <laughs> the... tried to include. Have, the, the line I think that... oh go ahead sorry you should see the things that I myself decide to cut and not even show to other people because <laughs> it's so bad like the things that I look at and I'm like that's too ridiculous that's too <laughs> stupid uh, haunting yes well um, the thing was like we, we cut a lot in the cultural exchange program we wrote it for Goblin Corn uh, we got some great grit on it from Ori was kind of like you know the middle is missing right and we're like yeah it's a tight deadline so we kind of cheated and uh, put in some extra notes so we didn't have to write the scenes um, <laughs> and uh, then we rewrote it to be like a lot longer um, which was great, great uh, to hear because it basically was saying I need more to see of these characters and that's kind of what you want to hear, right? Um, but like we rewrote a lot, we cut a lot, we were really thorough on that and uh, we cut a lot of each other's lines and um, I am quite strict on like this line needs to go because it it doesn't add anything or this line is just repeating that line. I'm very strict on that. And it was this joke that Scalia put in, which I thought was both very funny and couldn't stay in. And it was like a 
a really dumb line and he had put in brackets yes I know you're going to make me cut this but I also wanted you to see it <laughs> and that's just um, I screenshotted it just because it, it still makes me laugh the, the, the yeah. one that the the one line that I can't believe that I got into an article that didn't just get deleted was the the line in the Chugwater Frogman where um he's quoted as saying when he's at the strip club uh throw that ass back froggy style I put that in there thinking that the article was gonna get deleted, <laughs> but I thought it was really funny like I was cracking up like right when I was writing that like that like middle table um like <laughs> putting that together. Or there's uh there's one that I snuck into an already completed article that's just been kind of sitting on the wiki uh fifty nine thirty eight um because I did a bit of editing uh to it um and like it like like this article's already published so there's there's no way like anyone's gonna complain about it but at the end um Chudley is you know bickering with his rival Peppa Pig's strongest soldier one three three seven and one three three seven uh says that he sold the anomaly to the like the Japanese waifu group and Chudley just exasperated says exasperatedly says you know I think God should smite you which is something that Jake says to me when I say something cringe and I'm glad that that's on the wiki <laughs> just immortalized let's see here um I think we've talked a- a- enough about uh uh, comedy writing and we're 30 minutes into this thing how about we read something right uh, that's uh, also fun <laughs> um, I think uh, while we were while we were talking about cultural exchange program um, we might as well go into that it's a good segue it's so smooth I barely noticed it <laughs> um, but yeah that, that could be fun um so uh, this was, uh, like I said, this was our Goblin Corner entry. Um, and, um, well, we both basically have a character that that represents our culture. So uh, Skadi has Jacob and I have Gijs. Um, so maybe it's kind of fun if we read those lines, like with the representation of us and uh, Sergio, you can read out the rest. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, we can do that. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I'll be narrator and then you, uh, Scaly will take Jacob and you will take Heiss. Is there anyone else in the article that will need to speak? Um, yeah, there's several parents that are getting interviewed and there is Harit. Um, but Harit is talking to Jacob alone, so I can take Harit then can take any ancillary characters. Maybe I'll do the parents and then you can take Harid. Yeah. Sounds fair. Um, okay. Right. Uh, I am going to pause the recording for a second because I gotta run and check something in my kitchen and then we can start reading. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to grab some more water as well. Alright, we are back. Um, I just wanted to to preface this by saying what what drew drew you to class of seventy six uh, fly. Um, well, I I I really liked 
the concept of this, like Last of 76 is very American, right? It's a very American concept. It's about like suburbia and the promise of being told that after high school, the world is your oyster and everything is ready for you. And uh, it's you're going to take it by storm. And like high school years being the best years of your life, right? And that's not something I recognize because I didn't grow up in that culture. I didn't grow up in suburbia like that. But I do have this uncanny feeling that I know it because, well, you might be surprised by this, but we do watch a lot of American media here in the Netherlands. Uh, It's um, everywhere. Like I've seen a lot of shows and I grew up um, having this idea in my head about like prom or sweet 16s and stuff like that stuff that's not relevant here like we don't do prom we sweet 16s don't mean anything because you can't drive at 16 um it's not that important an age here so um the class of 76 always felt like me it it encapsulated like americanization as well to me but um that's obviously not how it was initially written and i had this idea in my head for a very very long time that i wanted to write something up and combined class of 76 with americanization because yeah for the for what i just said like like it's um it's so weird to tell an american specifically scaly because he didn't leave me most of the time, but I know a lot about America. And I know that because, and it's really weird to know these things, knowing that the other person doesn't know anything about my culture. And that's how things are, right? It's not bad or wrong or anything, but it is weird. And it's it's almost uncanny because you get that, like, like for example, Santa Claus is based on a Dutch tradition. But in recent decades, we started to also celebrate uh, Christmas presents, which we don't usually do. So we kind of imported the cultural adaptation of our own holiday back to us. And that's just like a really interesting phenomenon to me. And that's, I guess that's one of the things that I find so fascinating about Class of 76. It's also about nostalgia and, and the toxicity that you can find in nostalgia. And yeah, that that's kind of what what draws me to that, and uh, that's why I always found it such an interesting GUI. Uh, my answer is that it was Goblin Con, and I didn't really have a plan, and I asked around, <laughs> and Fly was like, "I'm doing something," and I hopped on. Yes, and, uh, you. Were, so. Oh, and it's it's worse than that. You were basically slotting around to anyone who can I can I just yeah. join anywhere, and I was like. Uh, by the way, this was halfway through Goblin Gone, right? Like you had like a um, a writing period where everything was announced and then posting period started. This was a, around the time that post, uh, well, that writing period was like halfway done. And I was kind of struggling with this idea because at the time I was like, I had this idea about uh, Class of 76 and Americanization and wanting to write about that. And I was like, I can't really get it off the ground. Do you want to hear the pitch then? And he was like, well, you know what you need? You need an American here. So that's kind of how it all all happened. I don't think this would have worked without having an American in a story about Americanization. So that's actually also kind of ironic. 
And, well, and the other thing is that it, it was like I didn't really I knew it was about halfway through and I was mostly asking like if anyone wanted crit or if anyone had something they were looking to collab on potentially. So yeah, it was pretty vague, but um I'm really glad that I happened to ask when you were around because like if we had started even an hour later, I don't think we would have gotten it out on time. Honestly, it was so so weird how it happened because like I gave you the pitch. We started just like writing it because you kind of have to. So we ended up with several scenes and then we went for the first round of crit and we got crit from Anki and Nico, I think, Anki Nicolini and Anki Swallow. And they kind of both said like, this is really working, guys. So we were like, yeah, but posting ends tomorrow. So we kind of have to. And then posting got extended. So we're like, Okay, so we got three more days. Do you want to rewrite everything? <laughs> and then we did. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, po- um, well, GoblinCon was over. We got the crit, like, um, because we didn't get around to everything that we wanted. Like, there clearly was something missing. But yeah, we ha- kind of had to post, right? Like, the final scene in this draft, uh, the very first version of it, we have edited since then. But the very first thing, I wrote that, like, half a day before closing. And um yeah which is like okay i need i need i need i need to write the ending i need to get something out and just vomit it like the scene on the page it was like we'll edit it after goblin gone i want this out (laughs) yeah yeah we'll like the 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 expectation was very much like we will make this good later (laughs) like it's just it's gonna be fine it's gonna be all right and we'll make it good a little bit later um which we ended up doing i'm actually really glad that we got to come back to it yeah yes it was definitely a hell of a weekend trying to get crit and then implement the crit in under like three hours yes Uh, and honestly um i did kind of shout out asta for that specifically because uh, they looked over it like three times in 24 hours and (laughs) and i was like I, I I owe you like big time on this. I mean, like looking it over once is quite a deal, but yeah. Then we, we started rewriting it and it became twice as long. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I was just really hoping that you didn't go f- in my category, which was Fantasy Goblin. Um, that was just me for <laughs> GoblinCon, just like crossing my fingers and breathing a sigh of relief when I saw like all of like the bigger authors um picking different ones because like oh i'll actually have a chance to to win to win this one and then like fish 12 and ralliston and nicolini started posting and was like oh we are we are fucked um because <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like... I, I, I will i will consistently like it'll be like the top dogs and then they'll be like me uh like like right under like right underneath in the rankings i think well um the thing is i i Obviously, I critted yours, and I, like I crit quite a lot of your stuff, and most of the time that's me roasting you for misusing commas. Which, honestly, as a, as an aside, I am so very happy that Jake was that I got a message from you that Jake was also roasting you for your use of commas. I was like, finally, I'm getting seen here. I, I he feels my pain <laughs> because most of the time I'm just saying, well, please, please. Commas, please. Um, but yeah, your Goblin Con entry, I created that one, but I didn't create it as, uh, as intensely as I usually do because it was just really fun and really charming, and I really, really liked it. 
And uh, yeah, it's really a really uh, really fun entry. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I that was probably one of my my, my favorite ones to do because um, I actually got to write with uh, Jake and get some authentic uh, Greg Chudley dialogue. Uh, we 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 have like a running joke where um he'll go, "What do you think Greg should say here?" And I'll go, "What do you? I don't know, Greg. What 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 would you say here?" Um, <laughs> or like I'll I'll have him say that, and he's like, "You know, I wouldn't say that. I would say it like this." Um, and that's that that's that's a great dynamic to actually have. Um, so I would, I would say that 16, uh, which the article is now 6945 is probably like, besides our Lorcon entry that we're working on together is going to be the like premier Greg Chudley experience. I honestly, I'm just glad that I could create it and save my favorite line in the Goblin Con, your Con, Goblin Con entry, which was uh, when Scratchinet kind of appears and Reggie's going like, not in front of my salad. And I just, oh, yeah. you, at some point you cut that line and I was like, no, that's actually funny. <laughs> Please put that back oh, I, in. I put it back. I, yeah, I put it back in. Yes, th- thanks. That, that, that was all I needed. Yeah, because I think somebody said to remove the salad line. Um and uh yeah, no, no, I, 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 I hard was like I put that in there. Yeah, but I really I really would have downvoted if you kept it out, by the way. No, I wouldn't, but <laughs> it was a really good it was a fun line. Um anyway, do you guys want to go to, to reading before I start off on another TED talk? Uh uh yes, this th- w- welcome to So You Think You Can Fan It. This is every episode. <laughs> uh it's 46 minutes in and we haven't even started reading this. I think when we did the episode with emotional entropy, I think it might have also taken this long to actually um Yes, I uh, um start. and you guys read like a very uh, like one or two very short ones as well and then you went on different tangents again that we did um if i remember correctly emotional entropy drank spoiled milk i believe that was something that didn't occur on the podcast but but they told us about i i just i can't uh wipe the image from my mind of uh them eating a spoiled goulash (laughs) and like three months old goulash that had like spores in it Ew. <laughs> yes. I hate that. I really uh, that... Hate that. <laughs> yes. I, I can never unlearn that, so you need to suffer with me, Scales. Th- this isn't... I guess it's not really a funny story, but uh, we have a friend named Kieran who has been on the podcast a few times. I guess a lot, r- real fan and heads will know who Kieran is. Um, but he came to us because he ate like... A week old, like week expired can of spaghetti sauce that he claims tasted just fine. Like he made it for him and his brother, and then they just puked their brains out for like the next like four hours. And we were like, "This, this is a certified Kieran moment." Like if you know, like if you knew Kieran, you'd be like, "Yeah, this is a this is something Kieran would do." I was raised by a nurse, so I am super super scared of eating stuff that is spoiled. Like. I wasn't allowed to. Um, we, we I grew up in a household that was very strict on not eating spoiled stuff and stuff that uh, was out of date or some well, reason. So, well, 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 you know, if you watch the emotional entropy episode, that I scolded Jake for contracting scurvy in the year of our Lord twenty eighteen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that I, that's just not good. 
I also had re like re like I like I I I. I uncovered, like, a buried memory, like, somebody triggered a memory in my head that I had forgotten about, uh, where I, uh, scolded a friend's mother because she tried to feed, she tried to gaslight and feed him what she called medium-rare chicken, which is exactly as it described, (laughs) chicken that wasn't cooked all the way. Don't do that, I had such a a reaction that I started to talk in Dutch. (laughs) That's really that's really horrible. That's, that's really not... funny. That's actually really really good. <laughs> Medium rare chicken. <laughs> really funny. Oh, oh god. god. Anyway, let's let's go reading. Reading stops. Yes. All right. Uh, so this is uh SCP seventy eight seventy three by um uh Fly Kitty and Scaly Purgatorio. I believe that's their usernames. <laughs> that's accurate. Um, thank you. What? I said that's very accurate. Thank you. Oh, yes. Very accurate. (laughs) Yes. All right. So, video log. Date, 2019, um, May 10th. Note, this file was translated from Dutch to English using Swantran 4.6. Translation and transcription tool. Original language file available on request. Attending. Lead researcher. Hees, with an H. How do you pronounce I'm his name? To, I'm done. Heis. I'm not... It's a heist. Heist. No, 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 no. You know what? You know, you know what? I'm about to give you visceral uh, psychic damage. <laughs> Gidges van Oosterbeek, site 312. And Agent Jacob Thank Hanks, you. <laughs> site 873. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to butcher it in various different ways throughout this entire article. And you're just going to have to sit there and die on the inside. Um, location oh, site. It's, it, no, it's it's very good. <laughs> location site three twelve in uh, N- New Wine, Netherlands. That was my my best uh, attempt at at that. It's Nieuwegein, but I Nieuwegein. Okay. Yeah, I will. I I I like yours as well. Fuck Nieuwegein. <laughs> no, that's not true. Nieuwegein. Nieuwegein. Yeah. Yeah. No, Nieuwegein. All right. Begin log. The camera turns on and focuses on the hallway of an office building. Jacob speaking heavily accented Dutch. This is Agent Jacob Banks of Site 873 reporting for orientation for the International Training Exchange Program. Also here is Hoos Van Oysterbeek of Site 312. That was the worst Dutch accent I've ever heard in my life. What? What? what, (laughs) It says speaking in heavily accented Dutch, so you have to you have to give it your all. It's translated. He's speaking Dutch, but with an American accent. Okay, you win this time, but I wanted yes. you to. <laughs> we wrote it. What do you mean this time? I win we wrote time. this. This is my story. <laughs> <sighs> Gidges frowns. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the next line is? Is Gijs actually correcting it? It's Gijs from Oosterbeek. <sighs> just, just call me Goose. That's what they do at EU Command anyway. He starts walking down the hallway and motions for Jacob to follow. All right, you met Hart when you got your laptop. They are our head of infrastructure, uh, technical infrastructure and tech 
technically our intern. Uh, Jan Klaassen will be in later in this week to give you field agent training, but he's officially retired. Uh, doesn't want to let go of the foundation entirely. And our interim director, Anna Dubois, will visit the site at the end of the month. Jacob, you don't have a full-time director? We're a subsidiary of site uh, 5A3 in Antwerp. Uh, started off as an observer, uh, observer, um, observational outpost, staffed by me. He halts X-Way locked office. It reads Department of Anomalous Research. That's Dr. Demir's office. You probably won't get to meet her. She's at site uh, 43 to get memetic training, our payback for the exchange program. There is also our ter- therapist on call, Sterre de Veer, but let's hope you don't need to meet her. Um, that's everyone. You're a skeleton crew. Yeah, we don't need bells and whistles to do our job well. He points out a locked office with a numeric code. That's our anomalous item storage unit. You don't get to go in there without my permission. It's a tricky beast. They walk past a small kitchenette and two doors. Kitchen and fridge. Everything that in there on Friday afternoons will be thrown out. Bathroom and prayer room. He continues to walk down the hallway, entering a small office with a spare desk. The plate on the door reads Department of Relations and Regulations. It looks too crowded. Above the desk hangs a streamer with welcome, and a small Dutch, South African, Turkish, Flemish, and American flag are taped to the wall in a heart shape. You can share my office. Pointing to the decorations. That's cute. Harit did that. What are those flags? Dr. Demir is Turkish-Dutch, and Harit immigrated from South Africa. Jan and Anna are Belgium. He's from the Flemish side, she's from the French side. We're a real mishmash of culture. Giving a joking salute. Glad to join the mishmash. Yeah, I don't have anything fanfare to kick off this uh, exchange, uh, but I got your case, though. Added it to your queue. He points at the laptop uh, on the spare desk. Straight to business. I like it. Jacob sits down and opens the laptop. He begins to read. Interrupt. And we get our the actual SCP file here. Item number 7873. Level 2 restricted. Containment class. Pending. Uh, assigned site 312. Site director Anna Dubois. Interim. Research lead Gijis Van Oosterbeek. Uh, assigned task force N slash A. And I, I'm assuming that this was probably stolen from one of my articles. This flies a dirty little thief. I am. And we have a picture of a ferry crossing between the River Lek, between Benadam and... <laughs> Sol- I, 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 I'm trying to say this without embarrassing myself. Shalavine? Shalavine. Shalavine. Scott, uh, God, Solovine? Scholavine. 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 <laughs> this is going to be so fun to listen to. This is, so... I'm so Sorry, happy it, for you guys it, it, listening. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard sound to make for me. Okay. I know. Uh, yeah, we're just going to clear our throats into your ears, listeners. I can't, because I, uh, I took Spanish in high school, I can't roll my R's to save my life. So certain words really? when I when I spoke Spanish are just abysmal. <laughs> the only reason Scaly can pronounce Gijs is because he speaks a bit of Spanish. Yeah, there's, a, there's the J sound is the same. No, it's not, but it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's back enough for a J. Close enough. <laughs> 
Alright. Um, uh, should I also voice the Swan Tran tool, or do you want that to be you, since it's a Harrods thing? Um, you can do it. Okay. <clears throat> Swan Tran 4.6 tool enabled. Hi there, Jacob Banks. There is one new file assigned to your queue. You also have zero open cases. One new message from Ace Demir. You've selected the file entry module. I've prepared the default layout for a new draft. What would you like to enter first? Object class, containment procedures, description, or other? Questions? Contact Harrod Swan Pool via the Swan Tran lifeline. Addendum 787301 continued. Video log continued. What's Swan Tran? An AI assistant Harrod designed to make it easier to draft documentation and collect files. They initially designed it because the Skipscripted tool struggled to translate our accent. Jacob opens the tool and inspects several modules. Pretty slick. Kids are replaceable. I've been trying to get them a full-time position for two years now, but budget... <sighs> Not relevant. The case. We're drowning. It got flagged by the AIC we have embedded in the video archive of the AI uh, IVDA. Um, that's an acronym for the Dutch uh, Secret Service. For anomalous memetic content. So you might as well look into it. Interrupt. I hope you enjoy my Swan Tran voice. I modeled it after every single automated answering system that I had to go through when I was working at the bookstore. I love it. It's, it's canon now. Right, addendum number two, security footage transcript. At 1523, the ferry docks on the Benedim side of the Lek River. Several cars get on as well as four teenagers on bikes. 1530, the ferry leaves the dock on schedule. Four teens are seen dropping their bikes and walking over the railing. 1532, the ferry operator gets out of his cabin, presumably to make the teens pick up their bikes. Who is that familiar face in the background? Swantran 4.6. Warning. Footage blocked due to detected memetic hazard. Where do I remember him from? None of the f four... None of the four number five teens are visible, but their bikes remain. The ferryman looks around him in confusion, then sprints to the railing and looks. The ferry docks on the... Scalavent... <laughs> oh, this makes me happy every Sc time. <laughs> Scalavine. Scalavine. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just gonna use the regular cuss sound because I can't do it. Scalavine side of the Lek River. No one gets off. Addendum number one continued. Video log. Gidges watches over Jacob's shoulder. Shoulder. Guys. Yep. Police didn't find any bodies in the water, and the kids have been missing ever since. So tell me, field agent Banks, what would be your first step? Uh, interview witnesses, scout out the scene of the incident, talk to relatives. Good start, I'll drive. Heiss grabs his coat and motions for Jacob to follow. End log. <clears throat> Addendum 3, video log. Date 29 uh, May 10th, this file was translated from Dutch to English using Swantran 4.6 translation and transcription tool. Original language file available upon request. Attending, Heis van Oosterbeek, 
Site 312, Jacob Banks, Site 873, location, Haven, Benadam. Agent Jacob Banks of Site 873 and Goose Oysterbeek of Site 312 on a field mission to investigate the scene of the anomalous incident. We have to do this every time. Officially, yes. I thought you Europeans loved bureaucracy. If I loved it, I would still be in politics. You were a politician? Once upon a time, until the foundation imploded my career and gave me this very important branch to look over as consolation. It's not all bad. Your coworkers seem like a fun bunch. Sure. Um, do you want to grab lunch first? Well, I mean, shouldn't we... Uh... Can't investigate on an empty stomach. It's the least I can do to make, you, to make it up for you for getting assigned to Site 312. I don't worry about it. I picked 312. I knew what I was getting myself into. Gijs makes a face but doesn't respond. They walk down the port to a small food truck that serves fresh, uh, serves fish dishes. Gijs, um, two herrings with onions and a serving of kibbling, please. What's that? A Dutch de- delicacy. You'll love it. They are both handed a white plastic bag basket with a raw herring in it. The tail is still attached, but the head and innards have been cut away. It's covered in diced onion. Gijs is smirking when he says, Eet smakelijk. Which you means raw. Bon appetit. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. You eat this raw? Gijs holds the fish by its tail and raises it above his head to take a bite. Jacob attempts to follow suit, but dry heaves at the smell. Gijs still smirking. Yeah, it's a bit of a ritual. I wouldn't just give this to anyone, but she seems so willing to be part of our culture. Put it on above your head like you're bobbing for apples in reverse. Jacob looks miserable holding the fish above his head. He hesitates to take a bite. I'm just messing with you. Here, give me that. Um, I got you the kibbling. It's, it's fried. Uh, you like the fried fish, I reckon. Jacob tries a piece of kibbling. It's kind of like filet of fish, but actually good. You know, my friends and I always ended the school year with eating Holland Saniwa, which is a herring that arrives in June, says the footnote. It was a little tradition. So you guys rocked up to prom smelling like dead fish? Prom? Yeah, like a, like a formal dance, like homecoming. We don't do that. Although I think we had a graduation dance in the last year of my secondary education. I didn't go. Why is that? You couldn't get a date? I had a date, but I wasn't prepared to out him publicly. Oh, I'm sorry. Why, sorry, it's not your fault. Just the way things are. And it uh, worked out in the end. Gijs winks and holds up his wedding ring. He finishes the second herring and starts to walk down the the quay, which is a paved walkway next um, um, next to the dock. Jacob follows, still eating kibbling. So why did you sign up for the exchange program? And why Psy 312? I wanted to get out. The foundation picked me up before I got to go abroad, so I felt like I was missing out. And Psy 312 was your tourist destination of choice? It's cute here. You should see the pictures they put in the site exchange file. Must have been a bummer when you saw the actual site then. It's not so bad. I, I like the smaller size. I never get to investigate like that in the States. What do you mean? Well, it's just easy to get lost in those huge sites back home. I spent a full week at the wrong assignment before someone finally noticed. I just felt like another drone, you know, like, I figured it'd be nice to get away from all that. They arrive at the ferry.
I certainly never got to take point in an investigation. Here we are, out in the world, piecing things together, solving mysteries. No army of AICs and MTFs. It's like going back in time. We also have an AOC. You mean Swan Trent? Build it ourselves. Our <laughs> European. Guys buys two tickets to cross the river Lack, and the two move forward, uh, move towards the railing seen in the security footage. There are several teenagers on bikes close to the railing. Jacob inspecting the railing. Nothing weird. What did you expect? A chalk outline? I don't know. Some kind of ghost handprint, maybe? A note from Satan? Two teens standing close by overhear them. Boy! In English. Are you Americans? Just them. Jacob smiles awkwardly. What gave it away? Are you with the FBI? (sighs) No, idiot. The FBI doesn't work outside America, girl says. Uh, no, I'm a... I'm a ghost hunter. Heiss rolls his... Boy, really? Yep, me and my dad. Boy, that's so cool. The girl looks less enthusiastic. So, you uh, you heard any ghost stories lately? Yeah, there were these teens from my school that went overboard here. My brother said some ghost dragged them down. Girl. Dude, that's so insensitive. What? It's just a story. Uh, she's uh, right. You shouldn't say stuff like that about real tragedies. Girl. Yeah, like my sister went to school with the four of them. She was really messed up by it. They were in the same class? Yeah, she was friends with Hanaki and Katohei, and she knew Manon, Dirk, and Billy as well. Wait, say those names again. Uh, Hanaki, Katohei, Manon, and Dirk? You said Billy before. Who's Billy? Maybe Billy's a ghost. Shut up. The ferry arrives from the other side of the river. The teens get off their uh, bikes and cycle off. The boy screaming, I'm Billy the ghost. I'm gonna get you. While chasing the girl, Jacob and Heiss get back to the, the, the K. Well, that was enlightening. I can't believe they forgot about Billy. Yeah, there's there's something anomalous happening here. Toon, continue walking down the, the K. I'm not old enough to be your dad. You kind of are. Heist glares at Jacob. Well, anyway, I think we should talk to the parents next. See what connected these people. All right, I set it up. You can update the file in the meantime. You got it, Pops. <sighs> I didn't realize it could get worse. End log. I have to say, uh, the, the, the most Dutch names I've ever heard of, uh, followed up by Dirk and Billy... Um, is like, have you ever heard of the trope Aerith and Bob, where it's like you have like a bunch of like fantasy names, then you have like, yeah, I'm Tyler, like that. That's what that felt like. Yeah, Paul from Dune. <laughs> yeah, Paul. yeah um, don't forget, don't forget did... about Duncan Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did on purpose pick like extremely Dutch names because I, first of all, I think it, it's funny to insert as many Dutch names as I can. And I did um, uh, also put, uh, well, Billy's the old one out for a reason, after all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really funny to have, like, 
these unfamiliar, hard to pronounce names and then have like an American sort of struggle with it and then have immediately afterwards, like say those names again. <laughs> like within the song, you're being like, say those names again. Oh, my soul love that. I just, I just, I, it's, 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 um, it's, it's really feeding me, my energies. Just, I just really think it's funny. I just I do remember uh, asking you to read out all my character names on voice chat for me once, uh, Sergio. Just record for me what you think mm-hmm. this is pronounced like, because I was like, I don't know. I I just think that's funny. Okay, so this is gonna sound real really nerdy, but I I, I see below that Dirk's last name is Dirk Vandewal Van. The wall. I really wish it was Vanderwalls because that's a uh, a a force in chemistry um, that uh, atoms uh, interact with each other, and that's what I immediately thought of uh, looking at it. Which Vanderwalls is named after a uh, a Dutch physicist. So <clears throat> that that's that's actually interesting because <laughs> I just I just got a message from Scaling saying no. <laughs> I wasn't gonna interrupt with it. But yeah, just... but you should have hey. because it was <laughs> it was fair. Hey, Vanderwall's forces are how uh, lizards stick to walls. That's and that's the the you know the explanation in the comics of how Spider Man sticks to uh, walls as well. It's the same principle. Okay, that's that's kind of cool. Interesting. You're still a nerd, but then again, I, so I am. Are we. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's also fair. Um, okay, right, let's, let's continue. Keep chugging though, like we're halfway through and it's been an hour and a half almost. So indeed. All right. So uh, same ACS as before. Uh, Swantran description updated by Jacob Banks. Special containment procedures TBD description. Uh, and then we have a list of the various uh, dash instances. We have uh, Billy question mark. Um, Hanika uh, Vermeer. Katohe Von Deep, uh, Manon Dijkstra, and uh, Dirk Vanderwall. SCP-7873 Victim Profile TBD. Addendum 4. Video Log. Uh, same thing. Uh, May 10th, same people involved. Interviewee is Gerard Vermeer, the fa- father of 7873B. Begin Log. Several people are cycling past the car. Agent Banks turns the camera around, focusing it on him and lead researcher Van Oosterbeek, who is driving. We're going to... Oh, boy. Now it's my turn. <laughs> We're going to Hoogstraats 19 in uh, Shalavan for the first interview with a relative of S- an SCP-7873 victim. This is Field Agent Banks reporting in with lead researcher Van Oosterbeek of site. What's your plan? What do you mean? Our cover story is journalist, right? You think we should specify we're ghost hunters or would TikTok dancer be more believable? I can't believe you know about TikTok. Harid shows memes with me. Jacob winces at the mispronunciation. Why don't you tell this old man what the plan is? You wanted to be out in the world solving cases, right? Show me how you do that. Really? Uh, Okay. Maybe something boring but important. That way the focus isn't on the accuracy of their child's memory and they're less likely to look it up afterwards. A middle-aged man with several large bags of cat food strapped to the carrier and in front of the bike 
in front of the bike swerves out from a side road. Van Oosterbeek has to quickly turn around to prevent a collision and curses with illness at the cyclist. Maybe we should pose his bike helmet. <laughs> Maybe we should pose his bike helmet salesman. That's actually stupid. You almost hit that guy. Emphasis, emphasis on almost. He's fine, isn't he? It's a culture thing. You'll eventually get it. Jacob shakes his head. Uh, fairy safety then? Sure, that could work. What are you going to ask them? Agent Banks pulls out a notebook. I actually prepared a list based off the official Foundation interview manual. It lists about 20 base questions, and in addition, I'll like... Good. Now, which ones do you actually want answered? Uh, all of them, right? This isn't a sterile lab environment. You're working according to those procedures won't get you far here. Give me three. Topics? Yeah, go. He holds his hand up to count in between switching gears. I think relationship with other victims. Two. He holds up his uh, two fingers. Personality. Three. Changes in behavior. There we go. Sets sets of three are easier to remember, and now you don't have to focus on your script during the interview. Leaves a lot more room for engaging and observing your interviewee. You mean I'm actually doing the interview? Don't see why not. What if they realize I'm an American? <laughs> don't make it more complicated than it is. You are an American. And if you're really struggling, just give me a sign and I'll take over. They arrived at the Hoogstrat and Park. Agent Banks takes the camera and pins it to his suit jacket. What's the sign? I don't know. Just ask them to supersize you. I'll just, all right. I'll just complain about your raw fish breath. Ha ha, very funny. Are you ready? Van Oosterbeek quickly takes a mint and, and, mint and then when Jacob looks away. They ring the bell of Hoogstrat 19. A, hall, a tall, thinning man in his 50s opens the door and invites them in. Van Oosterbeek and Banks step into a small hallway, following Gerard Vermeer into the living room. In speaking Dutch, uh, condolences, Mr. Vermeer. Thank you. Jacob, also in Dutch, I know this must be a difficult time for you. Mr. Vermeer pauses in frowns, detecting an American. <laughs> yes, to Heis. Is he American? Van Oostbeeks, which is to English. Yes, my colleague is part of the American office of the New Amsterdam magazine. Would you prefer English? Uh, I mean, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. Save some time translating. They settle at the kitchen table. Mr. Vermeer has made tea and brought out some speculos, which is a Dutch spice short crust cookies similar to ginger snaps and Oreos. Do you mind if we record this? Not at all. You're here to talk about what happened to Hanukkah. Heiss takes a speculos, which he dips in his tea. Yes, specifically, we're investigating fairy safety. She crossed that river twice a day, day by a ferry for years. I still don't understand how she could fall into the water. I understand this must be difficult to talk about. The police said they were pulled down by the current, right? Yes, they all were. She was with her friends when it happened. They must have tried to pull out each other and failed. At least she wasn't alone. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, what else can you tell me about Yannicka? What was she like? Jacob dips an Oreo in his tea. 
You know, kids her age, she was just working out who she was, trying out different clothing styles and switching favorite music. It all happened so fast around that age, doesn't it? <clears throat> she only recently made friends. Yes, they knew each other for... Wait, did you... Oh, wait, I skipped. Yeah, yeah I you I skipped. skipped something. How was she at school? She was, she found it difficult to fit in, chose to be a loner for a while, but I think she found it hard to make friends. It was like she was looking for the right moment to open up. So she only recently made friends. Yes, they knew each other for a while, but they really connected during a music workshop they followed together at school. Those were the days. I didn't really make any friends uh, either until I started playing trombone. I don't think that is what he meant. I could show you. They follow Vermeer up the stairs to a girl's bedroom. An American flag is pinned to the door, covered in covering stickers of horses. Oh no, she's a horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the room is filled with American merchandise, including more flags, posters of famous landmarks, and a pair of cowboy boots. That is, like, so stereotypical. It reminds me of, um... Uh, they do this a lot of Japanese shows where they have the American, and he's, like, not only, like, decked out usually like cowboy attire, he's just like, I love cheeseburgers. Uh, here's the thing I kind of kind of sort of based this about uh, around the fact that my sister went to America a couple of years ago she has the cowboy boots she bought there on display in her living room <laughs> this, this is something Europeans do because we just really think it's it's very American and we are kind of want that reminder in view I I I I I think it's like like from the American perspective like I don't like that's just like I don't know it's just like it's it's like it's nothing special it's just like oh you have cowboy boots okay but like it's it's flattering in a way um that that's what you associate with us I mean cowboys are cool um but <clears throat> Yeah, that's my thoughts on that. All right, so uh, Jacob is uh, Jacob's dialogue here. Yep. Uh, she has another country's flag in her room. Hi, Shrugs. Kids think that's cool sometimes. I had a Union Jack for a while when I was a teenager. She recently got into American stuff, wanted a Stetson for her, her birthday, and cooked a turkey for us last November. That's Thanksgiving, right? Reis examines a guitar on the stand. The, ba the brand logo is covered by an American flag, but the letters S-Y, several letters covered, Symphony, are still visible, which is a reference to um, Syncope Symphony. Mm -hmm. She always wanted to move to America when she got older, to make it big in music. Felt that the Netherlands was too small for him. her ambitions. She wanted her music to be heard by the entire world. Jacob picks up a notebook with song lyrics in it. He flips it through as Mr. Vermeer talks. The page is visible in front of the camera. The first third of the book contains team poetry in Dutch, but the later injuries, injuries, entries are in passable English. A picture falls out, which Heiss picks up. Heiss holds up the photo. Is this all of them? That's her band. She printed so many versions of that picture to try out different artwork for her demo album. Katohe, Manon, Dirk, and my Hanukkah. Vermeer's and voice quivers. if you quivers. click open the text, it changes to um, it's a little effect and it changes to Billy, Kate, Matthew, Dean, and my Jackie. I was so glad she found a group of kids that she could connect with. Sob. I'm sorry. 
Heist places an arm on Vermeer's shoulder and nods. I'm so sorry for your loss. She sounds like a wonderful kid. <sighs> I miss her. She isn't alone anymore. Vermeer turns his head to hide his tears and steps out of the room. Heist and Jacob follow. Is it okay if we keep this? It would give the article more personality. Mr. Vermeer nods. Uh, I think that's all we need. Thank you for your time. Heiss and Jacob walk downstairs. Jacob pauses in the hallway to look at the Stetson on the coat rack before leaving the house. They walk down the street, back to the car. Did I do better this time? Better. Uh, Better than at the ferry, I mean. You did great at the ferry. I did? You were quick thinking and you were able to connect with a 14-year-old kid. Bit unconventional, but it worked. That's why I let you take the lead here. Jacob, frowning. Then why did you mock me about the ghost hunting bit? I was taking the piss. You called me old, liar. You are old, Boomer. I'm from 1976. That is Gen X. Alright, Pops. <sighs> anyway, what did you notice? He was doing fine until we went into a room. Seems fair enough. Seeing all those reminders would trigger me too. Apart from that, apparently Yannicka felt she didn't really fit in until she went through a change in personality. You think that could be related to the anomaly? Well, between that and a sudden new friend group, I think it might be. It could be coincidental, though. Not enough data to link that to the anomaly at this time. The only connections are these other kids, specifically Billy. Gijs looks at the picture for a second time before slipping it in his pocket. Should we talk to the other kids' parents? See if they have any idea who this... Billy is, and maybe why the anomaly locked onto them? Seems like a plan. The Von, Von Deep family lives about five minutes from here. I'll update the file on the car. End log. I have to say, I'm really digging the chemistry between these two. It's kind of funny that we were talking about Hortons earlier, because this kind of reminds me of the same way, where it's two um, researchers going on an investigation together. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's the thing that I honestly enjoyed so much writing about these two characters. Like they're kind of foils, but they have like a really fun banter going on, and maybe they're slightly more alike than they would want to admit. And it's just yeah, it's it's really fun dialogue to write, and it's really really I I, re- I like them. I like writing them. <laughs> uh. Alright, so we have uh, the SCP file again. It's basically the same this time, uh, although they've settled on that Dash A is named Billy. And we have a little bit of the 7873 victim profile. Uh, We got difficulty fitting in, change of personality, Uh, music possibly, America. Uh, Then we have the addendum number five, another video log. Uh, Heiss and Jacob are interviewing uh, Kees and Marie. Marike Van Diep, mother and father of Dash C. Case Begin and log. Marike. Case and Marike. Okay. Yeah. I can say those. Yeah. I, I believe in you, Sergio. This is field agent Jacob Banks, accompanied by Heis Van Oosterbeek. We have arrived at the residence of Katote Van Diep. Katote. Not Chakotay. This isn't Star Trek. Katotje van Diep. We've arrived at the residence of Katotje van Diep. 
That's closer. But at least you're getting better with my name. I need to get this right, though. Like, they lost their daughter. I want to be respectful. Do you appreciate you trying? We're Dutch. We get it. Our language sounds like a coughing fit. Katocha. All right. You want to practice? Let's practice. Oh, okay, I wanted, to, I wanted to take the time to say that, that you're addressing the pronunciation is that initially my brain pronounced it as Katoche and then I, I said to myself, no, that's wrong. You're, it's definitely not spelled exactly like how it's how it's written. That's why I was saying like, I think I was, I was saying Katohe um, no, instead of Katoche. actually pronouncing Katoche. Yeah. We're not that fancy. <laughs> well, uh, right. Several minutes uh, of them practicing cut for brevity. Katocha. I'm going to get your vi uh, visa revoked if you don't figure this out. You know what? I just won't say her name. I'll cover your ass when it comes up. A European competence to the rescue once again. Where will we be without you? Chaes takes a sharp turn into a dead-end street with a, a modern semi-detached houses. They park the car in front of the garage of number 7, locking in the vintage Duff 76, uh, 66 with an open hood. They get out and ring the doorbell of number 6. The woman in a, mid a woman in her mid-40s opens the door and welcomes them in. Several mandala pattern tattoos peek out from under her sleeves over, uh, of her black dress. In the living room, a man with shoulder-length hair and a tank top is lighting some incense. Thank you for meeting with us. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. My associate and I work for the New Amsterdam Times, and we'd like to write something in the memory of, <clears throat> of your daughter. Could you tell me a bit about her? What was she like? Case looks Case, at the display. Uh, I'm, since Heis is not talking a lot in this scene, I might do the scene directions for you. Then. Okay, that's fine. Case uh, looks at the display of pictures of his daughter in the living room on the living room table, positions alongside burning incense and obsidian gemstones. Katoche was a force of nature, passionate about cooking. She wanted to run her own restaurant when she'd grown up. Most weekends, she claimed the kitchen for herself. I miss the smell of her. What was that American stew she made? Arike. Gumbo. She came up with a vegan version. Squeezes Case's hand, then turns to Jacob. Katoche was a fighter. Would carry the world on her shoulders if she could. I'd love to include that in the article. Could you tell me a little about that? How did she try to help? Marika smiles wistfully as she touches the jade statue displayed on the kitchen table. It has Katochi's name inscribed on it. Last year, she went to a slaughterhouse with a protest group. They'd made a deal with the workers. They were allowed to give water to the pigs arriving in those hot, overcrowded vans. One last moment of kindness before the slaughter. She was destroyed after that. Said they were just like Max, our dog. Never ate meat again. She was always so compassionate. I was so proud of her. She holds the obsidian stone on her necklace as she tears up. It could be a bit intense at times. She'd done a lot of Extinction Rebellion protests. Salavine and Benadam are below sea level and we're surrounded by levees. Once they break under the pressure of rising sea levels, our homes will flood as well. And then she'll tell that to anyone whether or not they wanted to hear it or not. She sounds so passionate. 
it's a tragedy she passed so soon. She was. It often scared people off that bothered her. <sighs> she had so much love to give to the world, but that wasn't seen through her harsh exterior. And if we click it, um, changes to, but that was it's welcomed. Sex. She was getting better at it. At least I thought she was. So she found her people? I thought so. There was a new boy at school. I think he was an American exchange student. Or maybe an expat's kid? To Case. What was his name? Gijs Billy. And when you click open the line, the word Billy, it changes to... They almost forgot. But they're starting to remember now. Uh, yes, I think that's it. All of her friends gave themselves an American name. A name to be heard, which is what it says when you click on it. Uh, and then this 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 instance of Marieke isn't uh, uncapitalized. I'm changing to a down vote. Um, it was silly, but they seemed to enjoy it. Gijs pulls the photograph from his pocket. He nudges Jacob before passing it to him. Do you recognize the people in the photo? <clears throat> I'm, I, I do. Those were Katoche's friends. And do you remember what their names were? That's Jackie, Matthew, Dean, and Kate, of course. Which one is Billy? Do you see Billy here? I'm not, I, uh. Kate, that was your daughter's American name, right? I just, I just want to make sure that we got this written down correctly. Kay's Knowles, though he seems a bit distant. So, Kate, got it. She was a fighter for a great cause. She sounds lovely. Now you say her name. Finally, she's heard. She was. She just needed something to believe in. Thank you both very much for this. I know this is a difficult time, and I really appreciate your cooperation. Von Osterbeck and Banks leave the house. Jacob takes off his jacket and waves it in the wind to attempt to get the incense smell out. They get in the car and drive off. I think our victim profile is really shaping up. Both Janneke and Katoja felt they weren't seen for who they could be. They wanted to make an impact on the world. And they both knew Billy. Don't, don't forget about Billy. Oh, yeah. There's something going on with Billy, for sure. It seems like everyone involved knew him. I'll look into it. And when you click it open, it says, I'll try to remember. He's quiet for a moment, staring at the road ahead. I think it's best I skip next interview anyway. Why? Important part of doing fieldwork is knowing when you, can trust you, you can't trust yourself to stay objective. Kids weren't happy with how they were perceived, right? Read up the American names again. Jackie, Kate, Matthew, and Dean. Versus Janneke, Katoche, Manon, and Dirk. So? Manon is a girl's name. Oh. So on the off chance that wasn't handled well, I'll sit this one out. I'm not great at hiding anger. I've got some... Um, I'll do some archival research in the meantime. I'll give you a call when you can pick me up. They drive in silence for a while. Oh, I've been wondering, how do they know I'm American? You have an accent. Yeah, but they figure it out before I start talking. What gives it away? Honestly? Yeah, honestly. It's everything. The unnaturally white teeth, the hair, the chin, the FBI dress code, the 
actively not trying to look at anyone passing you by and the over-apologizing for their loss. They get it the first time. Don't dwell on it. I'm being considerate. You know how you call us Dutch folk rude when we're being direct? Your Americans are so overly polite that it sounds starts to sound fake and performative. It's more than just the language you'll have to learn, kiddo. Right. And log. Damn, I, uh, the, <laughs> that, uh, that, the, the over apologizing, um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> peak American right there. We actually had a discussion about that because when I first, um, wrote, uh, we had the first time we had this interview scene, which was cut, but we couldn't edit it soon enough to put it in the, uh, the version we, uh, added to goblin corn um it had jacob just like apologizing and i was like yeah that's not something he would do in dutch though dutch people don't do that all the time they just say like condolences once and they don't keep on repeating it and i remember you telling me yeah but if we do that they um american readers might read this and think our characters are assholes um (laughs) (laughs) right like but I think especially if an American goes abroad and he's like interviewing grieving parents and he doesn't say that he's sorry, like that's actually like being a dick behavior. To you, um, but like you said, you're sorry. You con- you gave them your condolences. That That's it. Like this is like one of those cultural differences and uh, one of the things I really enjoyed playing with with these characters. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Moving okay, on to so... the Swantran lifeline chat. Lifeline chat. Oh my God, I'm. I, maybe maybe I'm the the struggling English speaker today. Um, <laughs> um Swantran lifeline chat initiated. Swantran lifeline. Harit is typing a message. Harit, why are you call why are you calling me? Can you pick up? Got a question. Just ask here. I don't answer phone calls. The man might be listening in. No, just also Swantron. I don't like hearing my voice. What's up? Is Heisel right? He seems a bit off, but I don't know him that well. He's a big, grumpy teddy bear. More bark than bite, except for real messed up stuff. So the goose nickname is accurate. Oh, yeah, for real. Just gotta get used to him. All right, just keep an eye on him, okay? No problem. Uh... Swan from Lifeline, Harit, ended the session. We're back to the uh, SCP file. Um, the nicknames of each of the uh, teenagers have been added to the little chart. Uh, we have an updated victim profile. Uh, they're unhappy at how they're perceived. Socially outsiders. They've had a change in personality, as well as a special interest in America. But this only applies to um, B and C. Uh, I get a little message from the Swantran here, and we move into Addendum 6B. Uh, so another, uh, well, this is a phone call this time uh, between Heiss and Jacob, as well as an interview with the parents of uh, 7873D. Uh, Scaly has to dip out for a little bit, so I will handle Jacob. That sounds good. Um... Okay, so um, the phone is answered by Gijs. Hey, I just finished the interview. 
You were right about your hunch. That was uncomfortable. Ma Wait, which name do I use? I don't want a dead name, but the American name might be anomalous. When in doubt, use the designation. Alright, well, 7873-D was indeed trans. His parents mentioned Billy as well. He has to be the key to all of this. Other than that, no real big surprises. Dash D had a hard time connecting with people. Met Billy, all that jazz. Did you make any progress on Dash A? One moment, I'm reviewing Swan uh, Trans transcription of your interview. Silence for a minute. Well done, you make great progress. I only apologize three times for their loss. No weird looks this time. I really feel like I'm getting the hang of this. I am so proud of you. They did mention you by name. Did you know Dash D? Not all queer people know each other, Jacob. Even in a, sm in a country as small as this one. I didn't mean to. I'm so, so sorry. It's fine. Hmm. You propose preparing a large-scale amnestization protocol? Yeah, for the parents at least. Maybe also classmates. If knowing about Billy is the trigger... Um, is there a reason that one is highlighted? Oh, oh, wait, no, it's because I was Control-F-ing that later, so it was highlighted for me. Uh, we need to limit exposure. We should take a cognito hazard suppressant ourselves as well, just a precaution. That's usually Dr. Demir's department. I'll check the protocol she left us. You go doing the interview with Dean's parents on your own as well? Yes, uh, I mean, <coughs> uh, yeah, I, I can handle that. Good, I'll call you. I think I'm onto something with Billy. And when it clicks open, it says, I think I'm remembering now. And log. Uh, we're back to that table. Uh, Billy's uh, has been replaced with um, uh, Goose um, through his designation name and nickname. Uh, we then have... who has been uh, messing with the description. Uh, yes. Uh, Swantran, additional file added, C-7873-7 for transcript. Jacob Banks, summary of interview. Just got done at Dirk's place. Antidepressants and a whole lot of therapy. Kid went through a lot. Can you pick up? Your phone is going to voicemail. Notes. Did you update the file by accident? Boomer moment. Gijs van Oosterbeek with a little bit of a hidden text. Summary of life. They just wanted to be seen. We all want to be seen, don't we? Want to be remembered. We want to make a difference in this fucked up world. Not surprising, though. They never take us seriously. I almost made it out. Almost. Hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, guys, uh, in hidden text, I'll make my mark, I'll be remembered. And then, guys... Uh, they just don't get it, but they never could get it. We don't belong here. Everybody's a nobody. This whole world, there's a whole world out there to dream. We aren't going to stick around. We won't be nobody. We will make a mark on this world. Billy said, it's time to make it, make it happen. And then his update uh, on the file by Gijs, uh, who changed uh, the name of Dash A to Gijs van Oosterbeek, nicknamed Billy, and then updates it again, having the name be Billy, and then the nickname Gijs van Oosterbeek. Um, Gijs is going, really? I want to dream again of the land of opportunity, sea of opportunities. I'll be remembered. Swan Tran, four points... Oh, go ahead. 
Swantran 4.6 tool deleting updates. Scaly's back. You can take Jacob's line um, sure. underneath that. Jacob Banks. Heist, call me right now. Heist van Oostbeek says something, but it is blocked out by Swantran. Heist, pick up the fucking phone. Fix you up or go into the river. Swantran 4.6 tool. Warning. Cognito hazard detected. Locking document. Go over the cliff and I'll catch you. Swantran lifeline chat initiated. Um, Swantran lifeline Herod is typing, uh, typing a message. Herod, Jacob, you there? Can you talk without goose, emo- goose emoji seeing the screen? Grumpy Teddy is not just grumpy today. Pacing down the hall, talking to himself. He's still there. Left on ha- half an hour ago. Asked about Billy, then stormed out. He's not with you? For fuck's sake, I thought he was with you. He's not answering his phone. Fuck, give me a sec. Pinged it. Also pinged his car. Same location. Really fucking bad. He never leaves his phone in case Daniel calls. Can you find him? Do some hacker magic? Good thing I chipped him when I had the chance. Jacob sends an open mouth emoji. Slash J, of course. Kinda. Found him. He's in Benedum. Isn't that where you are? Where exactly? One sec. The Haven. No, the Riverleck. Jacob has ended the session. I'll catch you. Addendum 7. Uh, same day as usual. Note a Dutch translation of the file is available on request. Attending Heis and Jacob. Location Haven Benedam. Begin log. Jacob is on foot. His body camera jostles as he runs. Heis, Heis, what the fuck are you doing? Heis is standing on the edge of the ferry, staring over the water. Jacob gets on just as the ferry is about to leave. I knew you'd join us. Heis, fucking hell, get away from the railing. Hell or high water. Don't you see? See what? All I see is a grumpy old bastard who... uh, Hold on! Heist steps over the railing and turns around. He leans forward, facing the water, but doesn't let go of the railing. They're all here. Matthew, Kate, Jackie, Dean, and Billy. We're almost complete. Jesus Christ, Heist. Swantran warning. Cognito hazard detected. Proceed with CRV of 16 or higher. A land sea of opportunity. Look at me, Heist. Look at your hand. Do you see your ring? What? Your husband gave that to you. Do you remember that? Do you remember your wedding? Heist pauses. Tell me about your wedding. Uh, it, it was raining. My mother sat in a witness box next to Billy, who... No, he wasn't. Billy wasn't there. Think hard. Do you remember Daniel? You used to eat herring after school. After school ended in the summer. Do you remember that? We served herring at our wedding. I had a food truck from Spakeburg. You gave me herring today. <laughs> it made you gag. You fucking bastard. Jake, Jacob's camera captures shadowy figures surging from the water. Heist locks eyes with them. You remember it now. But for how long? What the fuck is that sound? He'll get his chance for greatness without you. You won't leave your mark here. Wait, is that Billy? Is that what he's been telling you? You won't matter. We don't matter here. You think you don't matter here? For fuck's sake, Heist, are you that blind? 
blind to possibility. They're all too blind to see you. I wanted to come here. Of all the goddamn sites I could choose for this exchange, I chose this one. Do you know why? Don't patronize me. We're cute. We're insignificant. You don't have to be so small. Parrot sent me because they were worried about you. You know how much they were gushing about you when they prepared my laptop this morning? How you got them through the immigration process, how you helped them accept who they are? They look up to you. Kais is silent, staring at the water. And when I logged on, I got a message from Dr. Demir. She hasn't even met me, and she welcomed me to the team. Told me to keep an eye out for the grouch, and that I should count myself lucky to have you mentor me. If you really wanted to leave this place, you would have just taken her spot at Site-43. Chais gasps for air. Agent, Cl oh. Agent Klassen forwarded the invite for the... Oh, boy. <laughs> the, what is... The Vrymibo. There we go. Agent Klassen forwarded the invite for the Vrymibo. Why do you think he keeps coming back, even though he's retired? They will forget. I've been here for only one goddamn day, and I have learned more about field work than during my time at Site 873. You trusted me to take the lead here. You saw my strengths, and you allowed me to show what I can do. I'm not some faceless, nameless number in a massive crowd. I actually get to be seen here. I get to matter. Reis pulls himself a bit closer to the railing. They always forget. You know how Site 3112 is described in the exchange program dossier? A site built by its head researcher with a tight-knit, dedicated team that stands watch over the lower lands. You built all that. That is your mark you leave on the world. You leave it through us. Reis finally turns his head away from the water. I got the chance to be part of something greater, and I used that chance to come here. My dream led me here. You sure? I'm proud to be part of this. Reis is panting. What do you say, Pops? You want to get out of here? Heist nods Heist. and turns around. Go ahead. Turns around. His hands are shaking. Jacob pulls him back over the railing. They stagger when the ferry moves to the side and sit down on the edge. A glimpse of the shadow is visible on camera, crashing against the ferry like a wave. Neither Heist nor Jacob seem to notice it. Heist wipes his face. You, your profile didn't mention dramatic speeches as a talent. I'll have to update it. You almost killed yourself on my first day asshole. Must be that American influence. <laughs> they both laugh. Heist takes a deep breath to calm himself. You're, you're good thinking on your feet. Identifying what the anomaly was attached to and crafting an effective countermeasure. I knew you'd pull this off. I meant every word I said. Heist looks at Jacob for a moment in disbelief, and then starts to tear up. He buries his face in his hands and stammers, embarrassing in both Dutch and English several times, before being overtaken by emotion again. Jacob places an arm around Heist's shoulders, uh, which is misspelled, and looks over the water until the ferry arrives on shore. There is nothing in the water. End log. Swantran 4.6 update. New file located uploaded to the SCP database by Jacob Banks. We now have our updated uh, containment classes, containment class Euclid, disruption class Kennick, and risk class Danger. Special containment procedures, foundation web crawlers to modern monitor Dutch online spaces for references to 7873-A. Affected individuals are to undergo amnestic treatment. Swantran 4.6 tool, Cognito Hazard Warning. Do not continue reading this file if you have a CRV under 16 or are currently experiencing one of the following. Body dysphoria or dysmorphia. Psychological trauma or depression. 
midlife crisis. Oh shit, guys, we gotta end the episode. I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't continue. Um, <laughs> You're having a midlife anymore. crisis. Uh, yes, I'm going to die at the age of forty-six, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm currently in the middle of my crisis. You know. Oh, uh, I respect that. <laughs> I will continue reading them. <laughs> I got it. <clears throat> uh, description. 7873 is a cognito hazard occurring in the Netherlands around great bodies of water. 7873 um, affects individuals of Dutch descent with a psychological profile containing at least two of the following midlife midlife <laughs> that was a midlife crisis again <laughs> of the following traits uh but the the the, the joke was going to be that i'm depressed by the way not the not the not the crisis but i think that was funnier um feeling unfulfilled or insignificant mental distress including but not limiting limited to body dysphoria or dysmorphia depression psychological trauma and midlife crises social rejection and a fondness for for america individuals affected by 7873 show increased interest in america and reference billy when recalling previous events they express the desire to leave their mark on the world and mourning missing their chance to live the american dream this desire will escalate and eventually draw an affected individual to a body of water where they were drowned. 7073 consists of five known entities, four of which were former students of the Benedam Middlebear School. Vo oh, oh, God. Vort Gesit under Weiss. Benedam School for Secondary Education. Well, you should have just said that. In Benedam, Netherlands. Dash B to dash E drowned while crossing the River Lech by ferry on the way home to Shalavan. Their bodies were never recovered. We got the, the table there. The identity of Dash A is currently unknown. Witness reports describe it as an American boy of approximately 17 years old with a 70s style haircut. When captured on visual media, a faint figure resembling a masculine humanoid is visible. Observing this entity while matching the psychological profile has a cognito hazardous effect on the observer. In June 2019, Agent Banks led a large-scale anesthetization protocol focused on the parents, friends, and classmates of Dash B to E to remove implanted Im memories of Billy. Lead researcher Van Osterbeek went specialized anti-cognito hazardous treatment as a precaution. No new sightings of Billy have been re reported since. Remember and if me. if you scroll, scroll back, it uh, indeed has hidden text at the bottom of the page saying, Remember me. And if you scroll all the way back up, uh, you'll see there's also a hidden line before the first log starts that says, is this how you want to be remembered? I didn't catch that one. Um, it kind of blended into the page on my screen. Yes. But I did see the remember me. <laughs> it's the same uh, color code, so that's weird. I think it's because... Um... No, because I was gonna say there's a bit of a gradient, but no, it might it might just be where like the the sun is hitting my monitor right now that I didn't like quite see it. If I look at this really well, I do think that the beginning of the page has a bit of a gradient, so it might actually, yeah. even though it's the same color code, it might be a bit different. Um, well, that was quite a read. <laughs> we quite took I some I how lengthy it is. I enjoyed it. It was honestly really good. And I hats off to both of you. Um, I would clap um, if I wasn't currently um, holding a burrito. But very good. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> That's... 
All right, man. That, <laughs> Look, this is why you write the comedy and not me. <laughs> Uh, fuck, I think yeah, God um, should smite you. <laughs> uh, yes, I think he would too. Um, but yeah, the Dutch are already in hell. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just like really a lot of fun to write this and um, a lot of fun to read it out as well. <laughs> Even though, it was, yeah, it's a, it was a lot more fun to write than it was to read out loud. But. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of struggled with the reading a bit. Yeah, well, dude, I can't read. Like, I swear, I swear <laughs> to God. You did just say uh, when we weren't recording that you need crit because you can't read your own drafts. I I, I don't know what it is. I just I can't read words. It's called dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, it is. But... <laughs> Uh, but I do really respect you for soldiering on, at least. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, I I enjoyed um, writing this, and I enjoyed hearing you guys struggle with the Dutch names. Mm-hmm. This um, this kind of brought back. Well, this kind of feeds into the the thing of nostalgia because this reading this was nostalgic for me because the first SCP guest we ever had on the show was S. Uh, sd lock and we made an episode so we wouldn't be fake fans because we realized the only thing that we'd read was uh um when day breaks so we were like all right we're gonna do an episode where we read more lock works so we're not fake fans obviously completely like we've we've always been huge fans we've read all of his work that was all done in one episode and he did a uh a uh a tale about um the you know when the when the I was said when the bodies hit the floor, um, when uh, the the bodies in the water, uh, he did a tale based on that SCP, and we were all kind of like the same wavelength because there was like the same like hidden text, and we all started like whispering, um, while Michael was doing the narration, and at one point, uh, our co-host Matt, he says something that we all pick up as a mogus. He didn't say a mogus, but we thought <laughs> okay. he did, and. <laughs> Like, 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 I, like, I hear, I hear what I think is a mogus, and I have to stop myself from laughing and ruining like the, the, the thing we got going on. And then we talked to Locke about it, and Locke thought it was really funny, so he put a hidden amogus in the text, and this caused a bunch of issues of people editing the tale and removing the amogus, thinking that it was an authorial intent and that it was like a troll. And I tried to. I tried to go on like the the discussion page and go stop removing the amogus. He wanted it, and then Locke said, "I'm going to stop like giving staff so much trouble and remove the amogus." And I I mourn it every day. Oh, it sounds like we should all go edit it. It sounds like we got a page to edit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like we can, we going to abuse our our crit staff. No, we don't. We don't do that. We don't even joke about that. <laughs> I, I would never joke about an abuse of power like that. No. No. Not in my wildest dreams. I, 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 I give you permission to go and in, in put hidden amoguses into all of my works. Oh, um, <laughs> my I already do that. When you sent me back crit, I, I've already um, hidden something in your work. I, I should just... I should just put in, when when I when I relaunch my Canon Hub, I should just put like a hidden GIF of like the Among Us crewman twerking in the <laughs> in one of the tabs. 
you know what's my greatest fear? Like, I love my husband a lot, but he has this tendency that if I walk away from my laptop, whether that's work or private, he will just look at whatever I have open and add the Dutch word for penis somewhere. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good bit. He's been doing it for 10 years. And, Never gets uh, <laughs> old. Never gets old. Yeah, so I have this habit of every single time I... Um, um, write something or email someone and I've been away from my laptop to just do control F penis just to make sure that oh, no, he doesn't say penis, he says people, which is funnier <laughs> and he misspells it and just to make sure that he didn't add it to my work email <laughs> uh, yeah I have something I have something kind of like that where like I get intrusive thoughts while while reading and I'll just start like typing out like a, like swear words for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, I mean you can just do that every once in a while and then just delete it again. I I, I mean I mean yeah like like I'll just like I'll I'll look at the page and like I'll I'll be having like a bit of writer's block and then I'll just put like come 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll like backspace and removes it. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just, I'm not going to advise new writers to do that, by the way. I am. <laughs> if you do that, more than even advise it, I'm going to encourage it. If you do that, I will give you a free green light. That's my promise. <laughs> Remember how you just said that you wouldn't joke about staff abuse? I'm not joking. That's, <laughs> you're right, I would never joke. I am being serious. You don't joke, you're always serious. If you have the word... If you have a word for genitals at least six times in anything, you can bypass the green light process. That's my promise. That's my new policy. I absolutely hate you. That's my new policy. <laughs> this, is that, why, that, this is why we don't make you do policy. That just reminds me of the Spoons in the Butt guy tried to make a, a sequel that was uh, penis music as an SCP, but it got deleted. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh gosh! <sighs> All right, I have to go to dinner in ten minutes, so this was really well timed. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, since we have, since you got to get going, uh, where can we find you guys? Uh, plug yourselves for a bit. Uh, any new projects? Any links that you would like the people to go and see you at? Oh boy! So we're gonna have something coming out hopefully soon. Uh, and then we're also both working on solo projects that deal with these characters. Uh, additionally, I write on the Wanderer's Library quite a bit. Uh, if you want to do that, you can look up Ralph Walderson on Wanderer's Library. And that's some of my comedy writing. And I'm hopefully going to get at least one or two more tales out on the actual wiki pretty soon. So hopefully... By the time you're listening to this, I've actually done something, and I haven't just been sitting around thinking about doing something. I will make you do stuff. No worries. <laughs> um, uh, that that's my t uh, task in this co-authorship to make you do stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't have other social media because I am in my 30s and I can only handle one social media at a time. So I'm in Discord in Dear College and I'm just going to plug our great, um, great crit environment that we have there and I'm very proud of. And my author page, which is flies-purgatory because I'm clever like that. 
um, which includes uh, a background story on Gijs and his marriage to Daniel, and uh, a background story on Haritz, um, and their struggles with non-binary, being non-binary, which uh, was my first solo piece on the wiki. And I'm also going to plug uh, Rolf Walderson, because it's fucking hilarious. You need to read it. It's so fun. Um, it's 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 just it makes me laugh every single time i love it so much and i'm going to plug this podcast because it's really great and people need to listen more to it and if you are here you already do but just in that case i'm going to give you the um task to plug this podcast to someone you know i don't think we've ever had a a guest come on to self-plug our own podcast (laughs) I know. I mean, like, Billeth has his bit that he just drops something new in the middle of a podcast. This is going, this is my bit. This is, this is me. This It's pl- plucking the thing I'm part of right now. You just immediately delete all of your works in the middle of our podcast. That's the, the, oh, like, I will the, con- the, con- the content nuke. <laughs> I will not. But yeah, um, Watch out for more about these guys, including a background story that Scaly's writing for Jacob, which takes place in America again. But I uh, explicitly instructed them to make fun of me personally. It's scathing. Absolutely scathing. <laughs> it's, it's going to be so fucking mild. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> And as for my plugging, uh, obviously, uh, if you are listening to the episode, Matt already plugged the uh, um, the link tree at the beginning. Uh, you can catch my SCP works at uh, wiki.scpwiki.com slash sytycfanon. Uh, me and Jake have a Lorecon tale coming up. Uh, it is a multiverse story. Uh, you're going to get three different versions of the Site-78 crew dealing with a... Uh, uh, crisis. I am also working on a revamped Ninth World Hub that should go within a few days whenever uh, Fly gets around to uh, critiquing that. Uh, the Ninth <laughs> World also just re- yes. Uh, the Ninth World also just recently became a canon um, and can be found on the Canon Hub. Uh, so go check that out and all of the wonderful works that I and several other authors have contributed uh, to my little universe. Um, I also have some more chug. I have one more Chugwater SCP coming out, and I will potentially continue the set of nine series. I haven't done that in quite some time because uh, I've been writing other things, but I do plan on actually getting around uh, to uh, continuing the the main plot of my universe. We've been we've been stuck on filler episodes for like several months now, but we'll continue that main quest eventually. And with that, do we love the audience today? I love all people. I I don't. I, I, there, yeah, sure. You know what? Yes, cut that. Cut that. Yeah, I love the audience. I always have. Uh, you you can't you can't cut when you actually. I mean, we were such a good balance. Like I was good cop, you were bad cop. See, usually Matt is here to say that he doesn't love the audience. So I'm glad that Scaly Kitty was just like, yeah, I don't love the audience. You perfectly fell in line with the bit. On instinct. I yes. wake up, I start hating. <laughs> I don't even eat breakfast. I just get right to it. And with that, we'll catch you later.